Superbrain is a labour of love. Alas, no podcast can survive on love alone. We don't have a sponsor, so we need your support for Superbrain to stay alive and kicking. You can make a one-off donation by following the Support This Show link in the show or episode description. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Superbrain, the podcast for everyone with a brain. My name is Sabina Brennan and this is your weekly Superbrain booster shot. I find it so encouraging that people like my guest this week, Alison Spittle, and her younger relatives can talk more openly about mental health issues than people did in the past. As I mentioned in Monday's episode, there was such stigma associated with mental illness when I was growing up that I was not allowed to talk about my dad's mental health issues. While we've definitely come a long way since those days, I think that there is still a long way to go. I think that for many older people and even people of my own generation, the stigma remains. I also think that the stigma associated with mental health issues or mental illness is in some ways context dependent. By that, I mean that in some contexts, um, you know, and among some people, it may be okay to talk openly, for example, with your peers on social media or in the pub or at college. But for those same people, it may be impossible to talk openly at work. Um, for fear of being treated differently or for fear that it might affect promotion or job prospects. Those same people that can talk openly to close friends or even strangers on social media may find it challenging, for example, to talk to their own parents or siblings about mental health issues at home. So, so while in more recent times people are talking more openly about mental health, brain health for some people is quite a novel concept. And so I often get asked to explain the difference between mental health and brain health. I usually oblige by saying something along the lines of, well, you know, looking after mental health is about avoiding, treating or managing things like depression, anxiety, eating disorders, uh, personality disorders, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder or, you know, psychosis. I'd go on to explain that brain health in contrast is about keeping your brain in optimum condition so that you can be you and, and do what you want to do and function well. Brain health is concerned with what I would call cognitive functions or mental processes, including thinking, remembering, paying attention, planning, organizing, making decisions. Um, but brain health is also concerned with our emotional responses. So anger, love, empathy, um, our self-awareness, our self-control, our stress response, fear and a myriad of other behaviours and systems. 
In general terms, mental illness can be described as a health condition that causes an individual distress or makes it difficult for them to function. And it's characterised by changes in the individual's thinking, feelings or behaviour, or indeed a combination of all three of those things. This is where the boundary between brain health and mental health gets fuzzy because your brain can be defined as an integrated information processing system that generates thinking, feeling and behaviours. To be honest, as is the case with many medical and biological classifications, this distinction is somewhat artificial and is simply a convention, a consequence of how medicine has carved up the human body and its various ailments so that people with mental illness, such as depression, anxiety and schizophrenia, for example, are seen by psychiatrists and conditions such as multiple sclerosis and epilepsy are categorized as neurological um, and the people affected are treated by neurologists. Rather interestingly, though, Alzheimer's disease, which is characterised by impairment in cognitive functions or those mental processes like memory, language and attention, um, these people are generally seen by psychiatrists rather than neurologists. I think that's a kind of a hangover from a time when being demented, in inverted commas, was synonymous with being mad, again in inverted commas. And actually I'm sitting here doing the inverted commas with my fingers uh, because demented and, and mad are, 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 are not um, clinical terms. Um, but it's also possibly why the kind of stigma associated with mental illness has also been associated and is still associated with dementia. There's so much to unpick in this topic that I will definitely come back to it again. But for this episode, I just want to briefly explore how neuroscience, the study of the brain, uh, particularly cognitive neuroscience, might increase our understanding of what we refer to as mental illness and how that in turn could improve outcomes for people affected, especially in light of the fact that the effectiveness of current treatments for mental illness are only moderately successful. Brain cells communicate with one another at junctions called synapses. Now, most synapses are chemical, which means that they communicate using chemical messengers called neurotransmitters. Now, a synapsis is, is lo located between one brain cell and another so that they can communicate with each other. Neurotransmission occurs when one brain cell sends a message to another brain cell at one of these synapses. Research suggests that many mental illnesses result from problems with neurotransmission. For example, you may be aware that the level of the neurotransmitter serotonin is lower in individuals who live with depression. Many mental health conditions run along a developmental trajectory. In fact, some of the most debilitating mental health symptoms, including those seen in schizophrenia, emerge in adolescence and early adulthood when the brain is undergoing a critical period of development. During this period, new synapses appear and others are actually pruned back so that a major reshaping of the brain occurs, which explains why being a teenager and living with teenagers can be so difficult and at times terribly confusing. But that's a topic for another episode altogether.
Anyway, these debilitating mental health symptoms that emerge during this critical period of brain development correspond with abnormal pruning and proliferation of synapses, resulting in abnormal brain function and significant loss of grey matter brain volume, which underlie many of the symptoms of mental illness. For example, the cognitive challenges that are experienced by people living with schizophrenia. In the first Superbrain Booster, I spoke about neuroplasticity, which is the brain's ability to adapt and change with learning. And it does this by strengthening and generating new connections between neurons. Now, finding ways to harness this neuroplasticity, this inherent adaptability of the brain, may hold the key to better outcomes for people living with mental illness, or better still, may help to prevent maladaptive changes from occurring in the brain in the first place. Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, in the interim... Uh, one of the best ways to protect your mental health is to look after your brain health. Uh, to do that, you need to think activity, attitude and lifestyle. So here's my brain health hacks. Uh, no need to grab a pen to write them down. I'm going to post them on Instagram and Twitter. Um, but when I talk about activity, I'm talking about getting physically active, staying socially engaged and challenging your brain. Um, with Lifestyle, um, I'm talking about choosing balance in life, balance between uh, work and rest, between nature and technology, between alcohol consumption and, and water consumption. Um, uh, I'm also talking about cherishing sleep and ensuring that you get sufficient good quality sleep every night. I'm talking about loving your heart um, by eating a healthy diet and maintaining a healthy weight. When it comes to attitude, I'm talking about being present in the moment, being mindful and um, living in the moment helps to keep uh, anxiety and depression at bay. Uh, and it stops you thinking uh, too far forward in the future, worrying about things that may happen and also from going back over things that may have happened in the past, ruminating over things um, which can lead you down a road um, to anxiety and depression. Um, attitude, I'm also talking about managing stress well, and I've done some previous boosters on that. And of course, it's a topic that will come up time and again in future boosters. And my final favorite, which is to keep smiling. I've done a whole Super Brain Booster episode on this. Um, so if you've been tuning in since the start, you know that smiling has so many health benefits um, and it does release those feel-good hormones. That's it for this week's Super Brain Booster episode and I'm afraid to say that's all for this, the very first season of Super Brain. I have enjoyed every minute of it. On the one hand, I can't believe that it's been 12 weeks already. And on the other, it seems like I recorded my very first episode in a completely different world. Thank you so much for bearing with me as I climbed this steep learning curve as a consequence of COVID-19, having to record a podcast remotely in my um, super brain shed here at my back garden. I made plenty of rookie mistakes, but I think I've finally got the hang of it. 
And to be honest, I can't wait to get stuck into season two of Superbrain. I have some amazing guests lined up. Make sure that you subscribe to Superbrain on Acast, Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts so that season two drops straight into your inbox. If you're new to Superbrain, now is a really good time to check out some of the earlier episodes. I have had some amazing conversations with an eclectic mix of individuals about thriving and surviving in life. My name is Sabina Brennan and you have been listening to Season 1 of Superbrain, the podcast for everyone with a brain. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode and indeed to all of the episodes in Season 1. I'll post my brain health hacks on Instagram at superbrainpodcast and also at Sabina Brennan. And I'll also post them on Twitter at Sabina underscore Brennan. Please also feel free to contact me on info at superbrain.ie. Until season two, stay safe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.